breath in, deep breath out. And welcome to our mindfulness uh, at IBM podcast. Um, and, uh, you know, it's always nice to bring new guests and talk about so stay because today we have a super important guest, the most important guest of all. Uh, but before the, the guest, uh, just a couple of news. So we, uh, at least in IBM, we are, uh, we are ready for, um, you know, the next year practices. So, you know, that we had a calendar where every practice leader could create in 2021, the, uh, the practices, like, so you could just look at the calendar, see if you wanted to enroll to some click and get the calendar invite so that you could join that practice with the description of the speaker, blah, blah, blah. This year uh, in 2022, uh, right? So that the, the year that is coming, we are going to, uh, to have the same calendar, same link. It's just that we are going to have more practice. So the, the, the link is below in the podcast. So you can just uh, click there and just see what is already created for next year. Uh, we will try actually to, you know, keep announcing to more and more practice leader and make the practices even a bit more standardized, right? So at least we, there is every day at least a couple of practices always available, right? So that there, is no, there are no days that there is nothing and days with a billion practices, but so that every day at least in all the time zones that are okay and comfortable for you, you will have this opportunity. So that's, that's the first information. And then I don't know, Pat, what's, uh, what's from, from your side? Yeah, you know, we're, we're continuing to create that calendar. Um, we've we got sessions now in Portuguese and, and Mandarin, so it's nice to have three different languages. We're working on this on the Spanish practice groups right now. Uh, we've launched three cohorts of a three week introduction into mindfulness. Uh, a lot of people have signed up. We we just kicked that off today, so that's nice. And in two weeks. On the 15th of December, we're organizing these well-being days. It's a kind of a, a UKI, but it's becoming a global initiative. And we have nice. a mindfulness roundtable. And then we have mindfulness practices as, as part of that. So just kind of spreading the eminence and awareness of, of the community and mindfulness. Excellent. More and more mindfulness for everyone. You know, if we want a mindful organization, regardless where you are, that means, you know, more kind, more able to pay attention, more able to use the time at the best, right? More able to connect and with people and not with processes and, you know, whatever uh, thing, right? To let go certain times the ego and so on, be more patient perhaps and wise. We need more mindfulness. And that's the great job that uh, you, know, so you, Pat, and many folks like you are, are doing all around. Okay, so now it's time to talk uh, about the guest. Our guest today, right, is somebody that everybody knows because this is uh, uh, is not the episode number one, right? It's uh, we have several episodes in our experience, right? Uh, so and actually we are at number th forty, right? So it's forty times that you heard Pat, but we never actually talk about Pat experience, right? So uh, that's why Pat, I, I thought it's it's a good option to to talk about you, right, this time as you are a guest. So I'm trying to do the best question I can, but the, generally I really would like to know, or and also our listeners would be interested to know, you know how did you start with mindfulness, right? Um, and, um, you know, wh why uh, it, you know, it was uh, something you considered interesting to, you know, to start this journey some, some years ago, right? And also when, when it happened. Yeah. Um. 
you know that this is also a setup for you to be the guest <laughs> in the future not as yet. well. Not yet. <laughs> Episode 100. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it, it's a tough question because mm, I guess it's a kind of a complex story, but I started like meditation and all that before I was even like aware of, of what I was doing really. Cause mm -hmm. I was a child, I was 10 or nine years old and I started doing Shaolin Kung Fu and Tai Chi. So meditation was part of the training and it was for us to increase performance and be better, you know, focused and, and all that. And then for the competitions and stuff to be a, a better fighter, basically. Um, then in college, I, I got more into yoga mm -hmm. and I studied world religions. So I got more familiar with the different kind of practices and I continued to meditate. Mm -hmm. But when I was, this was eight years ago or nine years ago, I first got introduced to the concept of mindfulness or the, the topic. And I was in, in Brussels in Belgium. I started working in Deloitte at that time and the landlord was a, like a psychotherapist and a mindfulness teacher. Mm -hmm. And she invited me, me over and she showed me the, the raisin technique. Uh, and she's like, she started talking about mindfulness and kind of the history. And, and I was like, wow, this is cool. And I started to incorporate that into the work. Um, and then we kind of one thing led to another and I started more, you know, certifications and training paths and mm -hmm. getting really involved with uh, the IBM stuff. Um, yeah, that's kind of in a nutshell. <laughs> so, so basically, like the the beginning was uh, on on your own, but then it get deeper. It got deeper in in a corporate environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and with you know, as I was reflecting upon this, I still had my like yoga practice. I still had my my martial arts and and kind of my breath work, but mindfulness changed the game for me because it, I was always really skeptical to all this stuff, but there was a lot of science and, and hard data around this. And I like the informalness about it, you know, okay. I go on my mat. I, I, I do my meditation, but life doesn't happen on the mat. You know, life work doesn't happen when you're, you're doing a, a meditation. It happens, you know, live. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoyed mindfulness and all the informal ways of how I can really train my attention and start bringing it to, to the every moments. Yeah, it still is surprising to me that, I mean, you, but not only you, but many, um, really, you know, that, you know, we meet during our mindfulness at IBM practices and so on, they're sharing the story. You know, I met mindfulness, uh, you know, in the corporate, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, this business corporate with uh, that usually considered, you know, only uh, unhuman many times, right? You know, that's the stereotype. I'm just stereotypizing, I'm not telling what, what I'm thinking, but uh, where effectively people start uh, a life practice, something that changes their, their experience. Also that then is reflecting in their private experience. So actually how did mindfulness influence your life? since then right what did it change in your days i'm gonna echo a lot of the benefits many of our of our guests have shared but mm, i think a better understanding of myself 
the mind, the body in relationship to everything else, in relationship to stimulus, in relationship to emotions, to, to things that happen. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not that I don't like feel anymore, I don't get stress or I don't react, but I'm just so much more aware of it now than I was before. And I have so many different tools and practices and techniques to support me you know, when, when life comes at me in both the best of times and the worst of times. Um, the benefit just really quickly about, you know, you're talking about the corporate space and the corporate space really allowed me to take my mindfulness or my awareness to a whole new level. Uh, not only because I had opportunities to train and practice, but it's just such a large crowd and such a diverse mm -hmm. kind of group so I've also learned how to make it more, even more secular, be even more trauma sensitive, uh, be more mindful of our differences and our uh, diversity. Uh, and, you know, while a particular meditation won't work for everyone, mm -hmm. the general concept and practice of being mindful, I really believe works for, for everyone. Um, so benefits in short, I guess. So it's like seeing it um, in the people, like the kind of transformation in in the people, in the colleagues, in the folks around that mm. uh, really tell you. Because if you if you learn alone, I guess you don't notice uh, how it could transform other people, right? While in a corporate environment, when you're there and you just talk about it and you meet others, you're like, gosh, it's not only working for me only. Interesting, right? Yeah, that's true. And you and you see the you know. You just get exposed to such so much diversity as well. Um, I know now we're in a very virtual world, but even before that virtual world, because of the nature of these large corporations, or you know the ones that that, that we're in, in in IBM or Kindrel, or I was in Deloitte, it was it was a global network. So you got exposed to people from different parts of the world and their practices as well. You know, it's like this encyclopedia of practices and you get not only to hear people's benefits and mm -hmm. their uh, experiences, but you, you learn a lot from that as well, which you may not get, you know, if I'm just practicing locally in, in my neighborhood or just join this specific organization. Where, uh, where do you actually, where do you see mindfulness going in the corporate space? And also, where do you hope mindfulness would go in the corporate space? Where do I see it going? Definitely, as as the, the research and you know the Gartner reports or the Forrester reports, McKinsey reports are showing, uh, there is more and more emphasis on mental well being in the workplace. So more programs, more initiatives, um, and kind of under that is all the mindfulness stuff. So definitely more of it, more practices, more programs, more people learning about it. Where do I think it's going to go? Or where do I hope it's going to go? Uh, I think it's starting going to start to be more aligned to culture, mm -hmm. to the way we work, to the way we show up. Um, you know, these short practices that we'll be doing during meetings, before meetings, uh, how we show up, how we learn. I think it would be integrated more into all sorts of other elements and, and parts of the business. 
just on a on a quick side note, we're we're definitely going to be more. There will be more practices that will be more aligned to people who are trauma sensitive. Ninety、mm-hmm. percent of the population has experienced some sort of trauma in their in their lives, and we don't know yet the results of the whole COVID stuff. So I think we're going to be more more diverse and inclusive with mindfulness, and I think there's going to be more more research and science and. Hopefully, in the future, it will just be one of those things that we don't need to, we don't really need to to do. Like we don't have a、mm. brushing your teeth or a, you know hygiene or taking the medicine or or eating healthy sort of thing.、Uh, so that's kind of my hope. Nice, like becoming a, a con- something basic for everyone, like、yeah. the. Bonton, maybe right. That you usually don't swear, don't、mm. you know, pick your nose, <laughs> do these kind of things. Because、uh, why? Why you? Nobody. There is no corporate telling you, please don't pick your nose during a webex call, right? But you just don't do it because that's what we consider normal, right? Perhaps mindfulness could get there. Something like you know, taking a deep breath, pausing, being there in the present. That would be nice. Uh, do you do you see any derailment factor into mindfulness practice? You know, like where where it could go、uh, in the wrong way or in the wrong direction for somebody that maybe starts. I wonder. We, I don't think we ever asked this to any of the guests, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and I and I know from the conversations we've had,、uh, people approach us and say, you know, hey, I'm doing. I don't get it. I'm I'm doing this wrong or. Uh, I'm, I'm getting this. I'm getting more anxious. So I think the derailment derail- is, you know, we already come with all sorts of stereotypes and judgments、mm. in, into this. That can be amplified, you know, based on where you're learning from,、uh, who your teacher is, where you're getting this information. It could really push people off.、Um, it can also increase, you know. Difficulties that we already have, any kind of psycho intervention. If you take, if you go to psychotherapy, there's a three to ten percent、hmm. margin of adverse effects, and that's well established. And you know, psychotherapy, psychologists, psych- psych- psychiatrists—it's a normal thing, right?、Uh, same thing with medicine prescribed by the doctors. About three to ten percent of the population will have adverse effects. Fitness, sports, exercise. We all know injuries and adverse effects. Well, it's the same going into the the space of of meditation and, and mindfulness. That percentage definitely decreases once you start to get more structure, more formalized, more experienced、uh, individuals or organizations leading the sessions.、Um, I guess the last thing that's popping into my mind is、um, we have to be very.、Uh, A mindful of our own state,、mm-hmm. you know where we're at right now, what's going on in our lives, and be clear and open about that to a facilitator, or a practice leader, or a teacher. You know, so so the teacher, the person guiding you, can better tune their practices, better support you, and maybe even advise you that hey, you shouldn't take this course right now. You know, but let's let's do something else. Let's talk to the doctor. Let's let's do this.、Uh, I think as science and technology gets better. 
we were talking uh, with, with Daniel a few months back with, with an organization called Neur. Uh, I forgot that. I don't want to say Neuralink. I think that's what Tesla's or yeah, Elon's doing. Uh, but there, there's an organization that puts monitors on your brain and they monitor, you know, how, which practices or how well you're able to practice mindfulness because oh, yeah. some, some of us can't like, we, we can't do a particular practice. The brain isn't wired that way. Uh, so as we become more aware, then we'll be better able to, to tailor and mitigate the risks or the derailments, like you said. Hmm. Interesting. Like the tool tells you, oh, you're not practicing right. <laughs> or why are you still lost in thought? Go back to the through breath. <laughs> That would be interesting. I mean, I, I always, you know, I always, I always advocate for non. I mean, I, I love technology, but I usually say you shouldn't. You should live as you don't need it, right? Particularly with uh, uh, in a mindful environment, like relying mostly on your brain and your attention. And the next step is using the technology to our advantage. Um, but yes, it's. Um, I think it's not only for everyone, right? So we saw, we met uh, several folks that love technology. Okay, um, since you are the, uh, not only the guest, but also the host of this podcast, right? So ask yourself a question and answer it. That's something I haven't heard before. Uh, question I'd ask myself. Mm. You know, uh, I, I guess the, the question that's coming to my mind is, what, what isn't mindfulness? And this probably ties into that derailment question. Um, because a lot of people come with, you know, a certain preconception that, okay, I'm, if I do mindfulness, I'm going to relax. Mm -hmm. So mindfulness has to be about relaxation. I, I join a session and the person's telling me, relax the legs, you know, relax the breath, visualize relaxation, you know, engulfing the body or whatever it is. Uh, so it's important to know what mindfulness is not. And while usually you can get more relaxed. Mm -hmm. The intention is not relaxation. Uh, I know many people who are put off because the teacher tells them to, to sense something or feel something in particular. Because the mind will say, well, I can't relax my feet right now. So I'm doing this wrong. I'm a failure. This isn't for me. Mm -hmm. right? Instead, what we're doing with mindfulness is just bringing attention to what's happening in our experience. So as, as the teacher, you'd say, Bring attention to the legs. What do you notice there? Mm -hmm. Seeing if we can be open and curious there. Maybe there's relaxation. Right? Maybe there's tension. And people are like, okay, so I have to be either that or that. But there's a third. You can notice nothing, right? And that's mm -hmm. happening in your own experience. So I think it's important to, you know, understand what mindfulness is not. That it's not this relaxation. It's not about stopping thoughts. It's not a religion. It's, it's not just positive thinking. Um, and I think for everyone who's listening, whether you're learning or teaching, to keep that in mind because mm -hmm. uh, it will make you better enjoy the, the practices, get more from it, better to facilitate and lead the practices as well. Talking about practices, is there any practice you want to lead our listeners to? Yeah, we could do a, a quick little... Uh, what can we do? Just a, a basic three-step breathing space or what was 
in the past referred to as a three minute breathing space. But people got too attached to the numbers and did I do three minutes or too much? <laughs> so, three simple steps. Uh, if you'd like, you can adjust the posture or you know, check in with the body. If I can have, have a position or a posture that's more open, more alert, more respectful. Uh, whatever that's like for you. And choosing what you want to do with the eyes, open, closed, osculating between open and closed. It's your life, your game. And in this first step, as we've already started to, just bringing attention to what's here. What do you notice in your experience right now? What thoughts are on the mind? What emotions are present? What feelings in the body? Taking this time just to notice what's currently here. And on the next out breath, just letting go, letting this first step be. As we shift attention now to something that's steady, that's anchoring for us, might be the breath, might be the feet or the hands. Just finding what's most present and steady for you. And Breathing with that or being with that for a few moments. And when you get distracted or the mind wanders, congratulations, mindful moment. Making a skillful choice there. If I should pursue the mind wandering or take care of what's pulling attention? Or do I kindly, gently bring attention back to what's anchoring and what's steadying for me? On the next out breath, letting go of this second step and expanding now attention and bringing into awareness this body as a whole. Maybe even the space the body takes up and the body in relationship to the space around it. And as we begin to end this short practice, just answering these three questions to yourself as you continue into the next moments of your day. How can I most skillfully respond to the moments that arise? 
How can I take care of my well-being? And how can I take care of the well-being of others? And taking a final deeper breath in and out if you'd like, closing the practice, letting it go, letting it be. opening the eyes if you've had them closed. Thank you for, for practicing with us. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Leila. So this looks like a practice for um, anyone that wants to, it's a kind of flexible practice, so you know, you can find your best way, right, to be aware. Mm. And that's nice. Yeah, exactly so what we shared. Yeah. Just simple three steps, right? You can literally do it in three breaths or three seconds. I bring attention to what's here, so I'm out of autopilot. Then I narrow my focus to the breath or something else, an anchor in the body. And then I come back, mm -hmm. right? So it's, it's really kind of pausing, resettling, coming back, activating the frontal lobes, regulating the more primitive parts of the brain. Um, simple, handy practice. Of course, you can make it a three-hour practice if you like. Yeah. But yeah. Is anything you want to share still with our listeners before we close our podcast? Mindful mm. message? Or pearls of wisdom. <laughs> I think, you know, as I say often, thanks for being and enjoy your, your being. But see if you can start to bring that being mode more into the doing mode. See if you can start to bring more of these mindful moments into the informal, into your everyday. Mm -hmm. um, yes, practice. And yes, there's lots of benefit to that but see if you can make every day and every moment an opportunity to practice paying attention, being more kind, being more compassionate and curious. So thank you for listening to all these episodes. Mm. Thank you, Lele, for, for being here as always. And we look forward to the next podcasts. Thank you, Pat. Thank everyone for listening. Uh, till next episode, uh, have a lovely mindful, um, cluster of moments uh, you know in every moment like experience become aware and share our podcast so that more folks can enjoy it and learn and become also more aware so thank you thank you and uh, see you soon bye bye